You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you for the next three hours here on 98.7 ESPN. We've got two, not one, but two baseball games taking place. First pitch at the same time, Mets and Yankees. Mets at home taking care of, hopefully they'll take care of the Marlins. Hopefully uh, it'll be a four-game sweep. Only time will tell. Um, But more importantly, uh, we've got a Yankees team that's in Beantown, Boston. Uh, getting ready to uh, take on the Boston Cel- Boston Celtics, uh, Boston Red Sox for uh, for four games. Garrett Cole hopefully will be dealing tonight. He doesn't always have uh, great results when he's at Fenway. He's given up 13 runs in uh, in a little over 22 innings in four starts. So we'll see. Uh, he's been great as of late. Does that continue? But I bury the lead, and the lead is no Aaron Judge tonight. So what does that mean for this Yankees team in this lineup without Aaron Judge uh, with his 287 batting average, his 36% on-base rate, 30 home runs, 64 RBIs, three grand slams, by the way, one last night uh, against the Pirates after we signed off. Um, So he's been scratched for tonight's game, and so has Rizzo. Let's listen in. Uh, this is uh, this is Aaron Boone, of course, on the Michael K. Show earlier today, talking about Judge getting scratched. Yeah, he's just been kind of dealing with some lower body soreness things that um, you know, it's been pretty tight down there the last couple of nights, and um, it's just something, frankly, we're we're not going to mess with him. Uh, so I wanted to have him down today, um, and kind of just just be smart as we navigate into obviously the all-star break here and um you know another long night of travel and stuff uh made a lot of sense just to have them out as tough as it is obviously when you come to boston i'm I'm curious what was he doing with this phone that we we, we that audio what was he what do you think he was doing there i don't know Russ, by the way we've got jake and jacob who are producing the show um, gentlemen, Penny, for your thoughts, what was Aaron Boone doing there while he was doing the interview? I think he was getting Kinshaw? live updates on what was happening with Aaron Judge. I don't even think he knew what was going on, but he was just getting live updates from the injury staff team. And uh, No, but I think Yankee fans need to relax a little bit. I mean, it's a long season. I know it's the Red Sox, but we do have a, you know, a pretty big lead on the second, third, and fourth place teams in the division. So everyone needs to relax. If he does miss several games this weekend – then maybe there should be some concern. But one game, again, I know it's Boston. I know we want to win, but let's just relax for the night a little bit. Well, I think uh, – So you're, you're pulling – wait, wait wait a minute, Jacob. He's pulling, he's pulling an Aaron Rodgers on us? Or, 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 or should, we be, should we be prepared for an R-E-L-A-X? From, yeah, I, I'm from, definitely from pull- <laughs> Yankee fan Jake over there telling I'm, everybody to I'm relax. I'm pulling an Aaron Rodgers. Again, I think – we can maybe win this game. We have Garrett Cole on the mound. He's supposed to be our ace. Last time he was in Boston, it wasn't great. I know Yankee fans remember that wild card game last year. He so. hasn't. He does not do well at Fenway. Yeah. He does not do well at Fenway. Hey, maybe Let's he's due. He's due. Let's go he's with that. He's due. He's due. He's due for a good game. He's due for a good game at Fenway. Well, he cost me a bottle anyway. of wine last time he was on the mound. So uh, <laughs> I, I hope he has a good game tonight. So, uh, so listen, I've said this before. We've had this conversation on this station before when it comes to Aaron Judge. And the reason why I feel that the Yankees offered him, and I say only with all due respect, 213.5 for seven years. He's 30 years old. 
It's a long season. And he is somewhat injury prone in his five full years in the bigs. Five full years. He's like five and a half, right? His five full years heading into this season. Um, only two seasons was he able to play more than 115, 115 games. So uh, there is a track record there. Now, listen, I'm not saying, you know, I- I'm with Jake right now, right? Like, let's just, this is a, this is a Yankees team. They've got a 14 game lead on the Rays, 14 game lead on the, on the Red Sox. Red Sox have lost two. They're coming in. They've lost two. So their lead is solid. If Judge doesn't play this series, um, you know, again, like like the Yankees have the ability, and 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 I, and here's another thing. I want to call up their schedule because I want to say they go up against some more cellar dwellers coming up as well. Um, you know, if they just want to give Judge, well, well, hey. Also, another thing, let me just add this, that I read, we didn't hear from Aaron Boone just now, but I read that if, if, uh, if needed, that Judge will come in to pinch hit if needed, okay? So it can't be t- that bad if, he's, if, if, if Boone is saying that he's, he's going to possibly bring him in for, to, to pinch hit. Um, so again, we know that they kick off a four-game series tonight. Okay, first pitch is in about two minutes. I do like the over, by the way, over eight and a half runs tonight, by the way. I do like the over tonight. Um, And I do like Boston getting the one and a half. I do like Boston on the run line, but um, that's neither here nor there. So four-game series against Boston uh, that uh, that takes you all the way through the weekend to Sunday, of course, Sunday night. Um, That's the ESPN game. And then they've got a three-game series at home against the Reds, okay? And then they host Boston for a three-game series at home, which all uh, comes to a uh, an end on July 17th. And, of course, then they'll take the break. So, yeah, I mean, you know, this is this is not the most opportune time uh, for Judge to, uh, to be on the shelf. And, again, it could be one game. It could just be one game, like, Lower body soreness. Look at what they did last night against the Pirates. 16-0. I mean, they I mean they went to town after we got off the show last night, Jake. Unbelievable. Judge and Hicks, both with Grand Slams, was really unbelievable. Fun um ending, of course, to uh to to the game against uh the Pirates for sure. And uh and even though you don't like you don't like to see them lose to the Pirates, because they are arguably one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. They did split the series there, so we'll see what happens. So without Judge and without Rizzo uh, in this lineup, what is it going to look like? So Torres is going to move up to the two spot. Carpenter is going to gonna, gonna uh, DH in the third spot. Stanton's going to play left. Hicks will play center, and Gallo's going to play right. So that's what it's going to look like tonight for the Yankees. Okay. Um, and again, Garrett Cole, very interesting to see. Uh, um, Jake, you want to have some fun with some Garrett Cole prop bets that are out there right now? Um, what is his strikeouts? If I had to guess his strikeouts, I'm going to guess he, you said he's not great in Boston, which I agree with, but he has been striking out. Like there's, 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 there's nothing to agree or disagree. Like it, it is, that's the facts. I know. 
Um, that's the fact. That's the facts. But the facts also are that he has been striking, maybe not as many as I needed him last show to get me the bottle of wine, but he has been striking out a lot of people as of late, and he has looked pretty sharp. I would say over that under over under six and a half strikeouts for Garrett Cole tonight. Was that the same as our last bet? Mm-hmm. Then I am. You want to do a little double or nothing action tonight? No, no double or nothing. What do you mean? No double or nothing. So if you it's win, you get two. Bet. And if I win, I get. No, we're back to no, we're back to even. No, we're just going. We're, the regular. We're we're gonna do the regular. Okay. So if I win, you're sending me a bottle of wine, and I still have to send you a bottle of wine. We're just sending each other bottles of wine. No, if you win, then it's a scratch. Uh, that's what I said. Double or nothing. Well, that's not double or nothing. Double or nothing means you get two bottles of wine if I lose. No, it means if you win, then you get a second bottle, and if I win, we're back to scratch. Nothing. Okay. All right. It's it's, it's lost in translation. <laughs> All right. Well, not, nonetheless, whatever nonetheless, you want. The over, Cole, the over under for he's Garrett Cole seven is six tonight, and a half. Anita. He's getting okay. seven tonight. All right. I say under. I say under. We'll see what happens. But um, let's do this. Let's open up the phone lines. Uh, 800-919-3776. Uh, your thoughts on uh, on Aaron Judge. <laughs> Jake is saying R-E-L-A-X. Relax, relax, relax. There's nothing, nothing to see here. Keep on walking. <laughs> Don't look. Nothing to see here. All I'm saying, and, and listen, and uh, Jake, I agree with you. Okay, I don't want to read into this. I don't want to be a drama queen here. But there is a track record. There is a track record. And there is a reason why the Yankees only offered two 13.5. Not just because of age, but because of durability. And I've been saying this for a, a while now, right? This is an outlier season for Aaron Judge. This isn't typical Aaron Judge uh, when it comes to uh, not dealing with, with, with injuries. But also, you make an excellent point, and that is, you know, this is, a, this is a Yankees team in this division that has a pretty phenomenal leg up, 14-game lead in the American League East. Can they be extra cautious when it comes to Aaron Judge? Absolutely. With this type of lead in this division... You're staying in touch with his player personnel and, and, and picking spots when he feels it's a benefit to back off in you know, a day or so. So uh, I think that's all it is. A day or so? Uh-oh. Should we should we read the tea leaves there? This is Cashman. A day or so. Uh, this is Cashman talking to the media about what, what this lineup is going to look like without Judge in it. No, I mean, I, it's, a, it's a long year, right? 162 games, you know, with the travel built in and everything else like that. But uh, so, so no, nothing's glaring to me. And, you know, uh, especially when you're in a position to, to, to be careful and play things safe to make sure people rejuvenate. You know, I think uh, smart play by Booney. Again, so Cashman agreeing with um, with Booney uh, in regard to uh, giving Judge a rest. 800-919-3776. We've got some callers. I'm going to get to you in just a second. So, of course, uh, Yankees game taking place right now. Top of the first. No score. I'll keep you posted throughout the show. You also have the Mets, the Mets in action going up against the Marlins. Um, and you've got uh, Williams, Trevor Williams, on the bump, one and five with a four-three-four ERA for the Mets here at home tonight, going up against the Marlins and Castano. So uh, Chris Bassett had some interesting things to say about uh, Major League Baseball and their COVID rules. We're going to get into that at some point in the show tonight. But first, let's uh, let's go on to our callers. 
Uh, let's kick it off with um, with Jose in Newark. Jose, welcome in. Good evening. Hey, hey, Anita, how are you today? Great. Good. Uh, rest them. Like, only two words, basically. I mean, it's Aaron Judge. His, his value to the team, and plus his, his value as, as a player financially, you got to rest them. We got the Red Sox now. We go to Cincinnati. They're going to Tampa Bay after this series. So you figure if we lose any games, we're probably going to make it up. So I don't see why this would even be like a question. You rest that man, you get him back, no pinch hitting, no DHing. I would just rest him until, you know, we're comfortable with him being in the lineup again with no no dangers of injury. That's my short take. Okay, that's fine. And listen, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, Jose. And appreciate the phone call. You know, here's the thing, though. It is against the Boston Red Sox, right? Like, 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 if you do want to use quote unquote rest management, you know, maybe you want it to be against a, a Cincinnati Reds team. Maybe you know, you you just want to rest Aaron Judge for three games. You know, have it be at home against the Reds, not not at Fenway against the Boston Red Sox. That's the only thing that's a little bit of a red flag for me. Is this the series, even though it's a 14-game lead, I get all that. But is this the series that you really want to rest, Aaron Judge? Really? Really? Let's go to Anthony. Anthony, welcome in. Hey, Anita, how you doing? Great. Good. Uh, So Jake's not going to have to owe you a bottle of wine tonight because... Garrett Cole's getting at least nine tonight. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> to my Yankees point, um, I just think I just think Yankee fans have to do exactly what Jake said and R E L A X. I feel like, you know, I'm sure he wants to play tonight. You know, it's their first time being a Fenway this year. Obviously, you know, playing against the Red Sox is always you know the rivalry that that we love to hear about. You know, so. But my, my big point is I just feel like Matt Carpenter's got to play more. I mean, just ride the hot bat. You know, he, he's he's playing great. He gets, you know, I feel like he gets a hit a night, you know. And I just, you know, I just feel like he's got, they got to find a way for him to get into the lineup, whether it's, you know, giving Donaldson a day off, you know, letting him play left field whenever he can. I know they're playing Stanton and left today because, uh, it's easier to play left in Fenway. Um, but I, I, and I know I'm jumping around a lot, um, but going back to judge, he's been healthy. You know, he's, he's only missed 14 games this season, or I'm sorry. He missed 14 games last season. I believe he's missed five this season, you know? So I just feel like we got to, you know, put a little, you know, and, and Boom wouldn't come on the radio today and, you know, say that, he he has a chance to pinch hit tonight if he was actually hurt. If he were actually hurt, he would have said, you know, there's no chance in him playing tonight, and we'll see what happens tomorrow. You know, so I, I feel like, you know, maybe I'm reading too far into it. Maybe you can tell me, Anita, but, you know, like I, like always, thanks for taking my call and have a great night. Yeah, Anthony, thanks for the phone call. Listen, I, I Anthony, I heard the same thing you did. <laughs> I heard the same thing you did. You know, all we know is Aaron Judge has lower body soreness. That's what we know. And so um, he's taking the night off. You talk about Carpenter. Carpenter's in the third slot tonight. He's DHing. So it's LeMayu, uh, Torres, Carpenter, Stanton, Donaldson, Hicks, Trevino, 
IKF and uh, and Gallo. That's your lineup tonight. Okay, so uh, we we will see what Carpenter can do. That's for sure. Um, you know, and 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 there's no there is no report of a a certain injury. It's lower body soreness. So, so they're just so Anita Brian Hoke actually did tweet out a little while ago that he's dealing with soreness and tightness in his calves, according to Aaron Boone. So there is a little bit of a specific. Uh, body part, but there's not much to go off of off of that. Is it his calf or is it his back? So Brian Hoke tweeted at around 6.30 that Aaron Judge said he's dealing with soreness, tightness in his calves. Uh, the quote is, he gets a little heavy and tight more than anything. It's just something that I don't want to mess with, especially with where we are in, in the season. I don't want it to be a larger issue. And that's a great point. With this amazing start to the season, it's really allowed the Yankees to do things like this. In the worst-case scenario, if they do get swept in the four-game series in Boston, which I don't believe is going to happen with or without Aaron Judge, they are still 10 games up in the division. And again, that is the worst-case scenario. And Garrett Cole did start the game off with a strikeout, just saying. So we are on our way with our little bet there. But again, I think people just need to relax. Don't look too deep into it. It's 162 games. And we don't want Aaron Judge to get hurt. So if he needs a night off to kind of just get back on track, not that he was off the track to begin with after, you know, 30 home runs in the first half, I think we'll be all right as a team and as a fan base. We'll we'll figure it out. I'm just throwing this out here because we talked about this. We talked about this um, last night, and I told you um, I wasn't thrilled with Hal Steinbrenner's comments. I know we had quite a few people who hit me up on Twitter saying, Anita, stop reading into it. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. You're reading too big into his comments. And, and, and if you don't know what Hal said yesterday, it was his first time talking to the media since the season began. So it was his first opportunity to respond and reply to um, the contract, the offer that was made by the Yankees and the situation now between Aaron Judge and the Yankees and all of Major League Baseball because we know there's going to be a number of teams that are going to come knocking at his door, possibly offering him the $40 million 10-year deal that um, I'm sure that he wants. And uh, and Hal said, said two things. Number one, they don't regret the offer that they they made to judge the 213.5 in seven years. And also, they offered him what they felt his value was to this franchise and to this organization. And I said it last night, guys. Like, like if, I, if I'm Aaron Judge, I'm like, really? Because, because there's going to be at least a dozen teams that are going to come knocking on my door in November and 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 it, it they're going to value me a lot more than you do really this is this is how you value me seriously <laughs> so i so, so here so let me let me understand something jake because because based on the the way that you say we're we're we're, we're putting we're putting little nuggets together here, right? You just say, said that Brian Hoke just tweeted out that it's lower calf. So is this, was this Aaron Judge's decision to not play tonight? Or was this Booney's decision to rest him tonight? 
Because the way that you just read that tweet, mm-hmm. and I don't know, did you read it verbatim? I don't know. The way that you read that tweet, it sounded to me like this was Aaron Judge's decision to sit out. So that was the exact quote from the tweet. So I actually please, read you. Please read it. Please read it again. So just, his quote just from for the poops tweet. And giggles. Aaron, for poops and giggles. You got it. Mm-hmm. Aaron Boone's quote was, he gets a little heavy and tight more than anything. It's just something that I don't want to mess with, especially with where we are at in the season. I don't want it to be a larger issue. So take that for what you think it means. I don't think Aaron Judge went to Aaron Boone tonight and said, sit me, but I do believe that he probably did mention that he is feeling some type of soreness in his calves or his lower body. And I think as a team, they looked at the standings, they looked at where they're at in the season, and they said it's probably in the best interest for the team and the long run because, again, how many callers called in over this last month or two and said, you know, it's all about October, it's all about the postseason? Well, if it is all about the postseason, then resting Aaron Judge in one game in July is not the end of the season, especially when they are on pace to win the most games ever by any team in MLB history. So, again, if he sits out tomorrow and then the next day, then yes, there is definitely something concerning him and then therefore concerning Yankees fans. But him resting, think about this, Anita, how demoralizing would it be for the Red Sox without Aaron Judge, without Anthony Rizzo in the lineup, and the Yankees just go around and smack them around tonight? That would be real nice. And Garrett Cole did start the first with two strikeouts, so there you go. Not too bad for me and my wine bottle, addiction. your bottle of wine. <laughs> yeah, for my alcohol addiction. Yeah, exactly. But no, for real, it's uh, it's really nice to see that the Yankees have put themselves in this position where they can afford to rest him in a kind of a big game, a series opener versus their rival in the Boston Red Sox. Um, also, just a heads up, you've got uh, the NHL draft taking place right now, and uh, Chicago was on the clock. They picked first, and um, they picked, and I'm, I'm trying to— I was going to uh, say, I would pay good money to hear you announce hear these me, names to, okay, live. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's hear this one. I just, saw, I just saw it on the TV, and I said, there should not be that many letters in a last name. So uh, have I'm, fun with I'm that just, one, Anita. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying, I want to pull up, I want to pull up um, the, uh, the draft order um, here on, on ESPN. So I'm, it's, it's, it's not coming up. When we get back, I will share with you who Chicago Yeah, it's not first. coming up. Any, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that one. I'm going to no, hear you. No, pra- I'm, I'm, I'm going to hear you no, practicing during like, commercial you know, break about no, for four I'm, minutes. I'm serious. You know, when, when, mm-hmm. the, when the NFL draft mm-hmm. is happening, hear me out. Okay. When the, when the NFL draft is happening, they have like live, you know, they like it's updated like every second. Like when a pick is made, you you have it up on your computer, and and you know you you see the names up there. I'm looking. There's like there's no draft order. You like, can run, no, like, but you live... can hide, Anita. That's that's all I gotta say. When we come back, I'm hearing these names. All right. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna destroy them. You know it. Anita Box with you on this uh, Thursday night here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, Montreal, by the way, had the first pick. Not Chicago. Montreal had the first pick in this year's NHL uh, draft, and they chose Slavkowski. How's that, Jake? Slavkowski. I think, I think you actually nailed it. Uh, looking at the name, I think it is Slavkowski, so not too Slavkowski. Bad. There you go. <laughs> and he's going to Montreal. <laughs> 
So um, the uh, the New Jersey Devils, their pick is in. And uh, we're waiting to find out exactly who that is. Oh, here we go. Simon, is it Nemec? Is it Nemec Clo- or Nemec? Close enough. And it's crazy. I'm looking at the ages of these kids. These drafts really make me feel old. I mean, Slavkowski, our boy Slavkowski, is born in 2004. He's a baby. He's 18 years old. And so say, is this, is it Nemec or Nemec? Your guess I think Nemec. I think Nemec. As good as mine. Uh, let's go. With, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Simon <laughs> Nemec. Simon Nemec. Yeah, I think we guess. should. Go, I think we should roll with Simon Nemec. Well, goes to the hopefully goes we hear to his the name New Jersey Devils just now. Hopefully, we hear his name a lot in the uh, the near future. That would be great. Um, okay, so uh, let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Mets for a second. And uh, no score, even though uh, Garrett Cole does have two strikeouts. Um, uh, no score in either game uh, for uh, the Marlins and the Mets and as well as the Yankees and the Red Sox. However, big win for the Mets last night. Uh, five runs in the 10th inning. <laughs> Man, uh, Nimmo, three-run home run. Pete Alonzo, four for five. He had a double. They beat the Reds eight to three. And now they're back home for a four-game series against the Marlins, which is great. But Chris Bassett went to town on Major League Baseball and, uh, and and their COVID rules in testing, this is what he had to say today. Stop testing it. Stop, stop acting like COVID is far worse than a lot of other things. I mean, not trying to get too much into it, but I was never sick. Never had a symptom. So sitting out for two weeks or possibly a week for zero symptoms... I don't know. And, I mean, now they're coming out and saying we possibly could get tested. I mean, we could possibly come up positive multiple times in, like, say, a month. So we got to miss multiple times. And this, I guess the answer is I should never have said anything. I should never have said I've tested positive. Okay. So a lot of foolishness there. And I'm sure if that there is a doctor or there's doctors or nurses that are listening to what Chris Bassett just had to say, I'm, I'm sure you want to pull your hair out. Um, a, a few things. Number one, there are a number of people out there that get COVID who have no symptoms. And you know what? God bless them, right? Like, you know, this is, this is a crazy virus. You know, we, it, it, it attacks people different ways and different people have different immune systems. And some immune systems do better than others in regard to how they are, are able to manage and avoid symptoms. And it looks like Chris Bassett's uh, immune system is fantastic and great for him. But here's the thing. Just because you don't have symptoms, you're not coughing, you don't have headaches, um, you don't have a fever, you're not sluggish, you're not tired, you're not lethargic, you're not achy, all those horrible things. You don't have to go to the hospital. You still have COVID, which means you are still contagious. Just because you don't have symptoms doesn't mean you're not contagious. And, and, and the one thing that he said that, that really is quite uncomfortable is if I had to do this over again, I, I, I wouldn't have notified anyone. Uh, apparently what happened was um, Bassett took a home test and the home test came back positive. And so he went to the Mets and said, hey, listen, I, I have a positive test. 
And then they, they conducted their own test, confirmed that it was positive, And then that's why he's been on the shelf as long as he has. So what's, what's really, you know, concerning with his comments is next time I'm not going to tell anyone shouldn't have told them in the first place. Next time I'm going to keep it to myself. Again, just because you don't have symptoms, you still have to quarantine. You want to stay away from people because just because you don't have symptoms, you're still contagious. And what if Chris Bassett doesn't tell somebody from the Mets organization, he goes into the clubhouse, he passes it on to another teammate. What if he passes it on to another teammate? What if that teammate then goes home for the all-star break and passes it on to their parents? And God forbid somebody's parents get, gets, gets really ill. <laughs> like, it's just, I'm, it's just, it's foolishness. It's just an absolute foolish comment to make on, on, on behalf of Chris Bassett. And I would imagine, I, I, I hope that the Mets and the Mets organization, the Mets doctors are going to pull him aside and explain to him, just because you don't have symptoms doesn't mean you're not contagious, dude. And, and, you know, it's just, uh, man, I, I heard those comments today and I was just, I was, I was blown away, absolutely blown away. So, um, no bueno, no bueno at all. Still no score in, uh, in, in either, either game, Yankees, uh, Red Sox, as well as the Marlins and the Mets. Is this guys, is this going to be a, Jake, is this going to be another night like last night? I just, I felt like, I felt like, you know, like, like both the game, both the Mets and the Yankees game, like nothing, there was no excitement. There was no run score. There was nothing really great happening until like, what, they, the they eighth, ninth inning. They saved all the runs for Pat O'Keefe, who will be on following you again tonight from 10 there to 12. You go. But Pat O'Keefe, we literally started a segment and it was 10 nothing, And he's like, oh, it looks like a position players in. By the end of the segment, there were like six more runs scored. So uh, hopefully we get some action in your show. But uh, Cole's looking pretty sharp, so we'll see. So we'll, we'll keep our eye out on the Mets in versus uh, the Marlins. And we'll keep our eye out in the Yankees-Boston game as well. Let's, uh, let's talk some NBA for a second. I, I said this last night. I feel like each and every day the story changes, especially when we're talking about the Nets and, and, and Katie and Kyrie, uh, more so with Katie than anything else, right? Like, okay, you know, are, are, are Katie and Kyrie, do they want to play with one another? Do they not? Do they like each other? Do they not? Um, <laughs> you just, um, there's just... just the story just is just constantly changing. So what? So what's our what's our KD story update today? Well, this is what we have. Brian Winhurst is uh, is saying that the market isn't as um, isn't as aggressive as maybe the Nets thought they would be pertaining to uh, the draft. Let's listen in. This is Winhurst talking about teams not bending over backwards. I think they thought there was going to be a tremendous bidding war. And while there's a lot of interest, from what I can tell, that bidding war isn't really hot right now. The teams have made their their offers, and they don't really feel the need to increase them. Now, maybe we'll see a little bit of action coming out of Summer League. All of the executives are gathering in Las Vegas over the next few days, and there could be a restart in action there. 
So um, again, Winhurst talking about teams not bending over backwards. Where's, you know, where's where's the comparison here? And 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 I do believe, man, uh, what what the Minnesota Timberwolves gave up for Gobert is 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 pretty ridiculous. The four players along with four first round draft picks, and I want to say three are unrestricted, if I remember correctly. So, if that's what the Minnesota Timberwolves are are willing to give up for. Um, Gobert, are you kidding me? Like, Gobert is a good player, but he's no Kevin Durant. So if I'm the net, if I'm the Nets, and and I'm and I'm Sean Marks, I'm I'm thinking the same thing. I'm thinking like, whoa, if the Utah Jazz can get that for Gobert, whoa, man, what like world is our oyster? Let's let's ask for the world. However, what's happening? It's, 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 it's the, the world isn't necessarily uh, going to give the Nets, at least this is what's being reported, uh, willing to give the Nets the world. So why was the Minnesota Timberwolves willing to give up all that for Gobert? You know, listen, Katie is 33 years old. Gobert is th- three years younger than him. And you, you and one has to, as as great as Kevin Durant is, okay, as great as Kevin Durant is, at some point do you look at what has happened, what has transpired here, in the, in in the, granted, no, it's it's a pretty solid sample size in regard to what what KD has done in his career from you know OKC to um to to Golden State. I mean, like, you know, and, and of course now here with the Nets, like if you're a team, are you, are you willing to sacrifice and, and I'll open up the phone lines. I, I'm really curious. I, I'd love to hear what, what some of our listeners have to say. You know, if, if you are a team as great as Katie is, are you a team who's willing to sacrifice your future? Because really, that's what you're doing. You're sacrificing. Your, if, if you're going out and you're going to give the Nets four players and four first-round draft picks, and who knows, maybe they're all unrestricted, maybe two are unrestricted, who knows, whatever's being negotiated out there. You are giving up the next 10 years of your franchise to win now, to want to win now, to try to win now. You know, that, that is what you are doing. Based on how you've seen things pan out with Katie in, in 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 the number of teams that he has been on, do you feel com- do you feel comfortable about that? Do you feel confident about that? Many many times I talk about players and what they mean to an organization on the football field, and on the opposite side, and I, and I talk about the scales of justice. I, I I like envisioning right one of those scales of justice. I don't know about you, but like my grandparents always had their jewelry on, 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 they had a scale of justice on their, on one of their, um, dressers. Right. And then, you know, my grandfather would come in, he'd take off like a ring and he'd like put it on one side of the scale and then put like, I don't know, like whatever they would do. I, maybe they just thought it was a, a really unique way of, um, showcasing their jewelry, whatever the case may be. But like, I just remember it. And so I, I envision that. 
right? And on one side, you've got Kevin Durant and all that he brings to the table. And we could sit here and we can have a debate or a discussion in regards to how good do you think Kevin Durant really is? Do you think he's the best player in the NBA right now? There are many people who cover the NBA and know a lot more about the NBA than I do who say so. Is it fair to say that Kevin Durant is a top 10 NBA player of all time? Again, there's many people more in the know about the NBA and the, in the history of the NBA than me who say so. So you've got that. And then on the opposite side, it's and, and not that Kevin Durant has drama. It's not like Kevin Durant is a Kyrie. It's not it's I don't want to call it drama. But what, what, what went wrong here in, in Brooklyn? Brooklyn did everything for Katie and Kyrie. I was reading an article today um, that Katie and Kyrie chose together, chose the Nets as a landing spot for both of them, even before the Nets even knew that either of them were interested in coming to the Nets. How about that? Like, Katie and Kyrie got together and said, all right, man, we're going to play together. All right, where do we want to go? Let's go to Brooklyn. Let's go play for the Nets. Even before the Nets even knew that they were the chosen team for this duo. That, of course, then what happens? Kenny Atkinson, gone, fired. Steve Nash brought in. (laughs) Kyrie doesn't even respect the dude. Uh, Then, you know, hey, Got to go get Harden. I, like, it, like everything and anything these two guys wanted, the organization bent over backwards to do. And I think any organization would, if, if you tell any NBA team, hey, what would you do to have Kyrie Irving, KD, and Harden on your roster? I think any NBA team would, would do as, any, anything possible to make that happen. So I'm not saying that the, the, the Nets were, were wrong in doing so. But anything and everything Katie and Kyrie wanted, they got. So why leave now? Why leave now? What's wrong? What, 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 you know, what, what don't we know? What isn't being communicated? Because I, 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 the whole thing doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. Why doesn't Katie and Kyrie go go grab a dinner somewhere and 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 hash it out, talk it out? Listen, it's a great organization. It's a great franchise. We've got a lot of great supporting cast here. Let's see what happens with Ben Simmons. You know, we we suck defensively. At least we know. You know, Ben Simmons. One of the best defensive players in the NBA, you know, shoots bricks, but man, we got him on the defensive side of the court. Anything this organization has, has, has wanted, these guys have wanted, they've done. Now, was the Kyrie wanting the long-term deal the, 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 the backbreaker? After everything this organization did, was that it? There's some people speculating that KD is demanding a trade to force the hand of the organization to pay KD that long-term deal. But then, of course, we're hearing KD wants to go to L.A. and he wants to reunite 
with LeBron James, who he couldn't wait to get away from when he played with him in Cleveland. <laughs> Do you, I mean, does anyone else hear how crazy this sounds? It's nuts. But getting back to my main point is if you're an organization, and I want to open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. If you are an organization that's interested in Kevin Durant, are you going to mortgage the next 10 years of your franchise for a dude who, it doesn't matter about the contract. It doesn't matter about the contract. He's one of the 1% who wields enough power that a contract means nothing. So, exactly. So, and, and, and on top of that, you bring him in and man, talk about, you know, you, you gotta, every, you gotta cater to everything. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, so like, I understand, I understand where Brian Winhurst is coming from. We come back, we'll continue. We'll hear more from Brian. I know calls are lining up. We'll get to you guys. I just don't know. I don't know if I'm a franchise. I don't know. And I'm, and again, I'm not sitting here telling you that Gobert by any stretch of the imagination is better than KD. But if teams are, are, are reluctant to bend over backwards and give the Nets more than what the Timberwolves gave the Utah Jazz for, for Gobert, I'm, there's something else there. And I think it's the track record and the concern of how KD is with every franchise he's been a part of. And I wouldn't want any part of that. Does, does that outweigh what he brings to you on the court? Couldn't win it here with the Nets, with, K, with Kyrie and, and Harden. Granted, they didn't play very, very many games together. But nonetheless, what say you? Just out of curiosity, do you guys know the lyrics to this song? Because if you do, I'd really like to know them. Get it to a yacht. Get it to a yacht. Get it to a yacht. Is it so you so really, Jake, you only know the hook. Is what Get you're it saying. To a yacht. I know three words, which is three more words than you knew, Anita. So, so you So you only know the hook. I am a big Doja Cat but uh fan, but uh, I do not know many of the lyrics. That is fair. Hey Jacob, do you know? You're you're on the boards and I running these uh these hits back and forth. You know uh I I have no idea. <laughs> All right, but so. I do know what uh you know what makes the people dance, what that gets them going, that kind of thing. Oh, I think he's gonna play my song, and I think it's a perfect time, Jacob. So can you hit it for me? Yankee fans, you know that noise and the Yankees. What an inning they had in the third, Anita. Are you are you uh are you all caught up on the Yankees Red Sox right now? Um I just see that Garrett Cole has two two strikeouts. All right, it's well all let's forget about that. Two. He hasn't had any more strikeouts since the first, but the offense, no Aaron Judge, no Anthony Rizzo, no problem. Mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson with a grand slam and, and right Woo-hoo! after Aaron Hicks. Goes back to back, belly to belly, and the Yankees lead five nothing in Boston. There you go. Um, <laughs> five nothing, middle of the third. 
for the Yankees. Getting on the board early, which is nice. So there's some action on this show, not just with Pat O'Keefe, who follows me tonight at 10 o'clock. Still no score in the Marlins-Mets game. 800-919-3776. We're going to get to your calls. Uh, talking all things Nets and KD. New report today that teams are just not bending over backwards, not offering the Nets all that they thought they would get in comparison to what the Utah Jazz got for Rudy Gobert. Let's listen in more from Brian Winhurst. There's been a couple of things that have happened that have you know, even made it more complicated that involve the Utah Jazz. The Jazz make this trade with Rudy Gobert uh, last week where they get an incredible haul of draft picks in which the Nets respond by saying, well, now the price for Durant just went high, higher. And the rest of the league is kind of saying, we don't think so. We don't want to pay that price. We didn't like that trade. And then you look at Donovan Mitchell. After the Gobert trade, there was a belief that maybe Mitchell would be next. And maybe at some point he will be. But for now, the Jazz are telling people they don't intend to trade him. And on Mitchell's side, he's going to stand pat. He's not going to force any action right now. So without Mitchell in the market, um, there's the teams are not trying to outbid each other. You, it, it doesn't make sense for teams to sell their house to pay for a car, even if that car is a Lamborghini like Kevin Durant. Great analogy there, Brian. Love it. 800-919-3776. Let's get to your calls. Let's start with Chris and Mammoth. Chris, welcome in. Good evening. Anita, how are you? Thanks for taking my call tonight. Thank you. Well, listen, to, to, to start off, the song that you were playing, I don't know the words, but my daughters have done like maybe 100 TikToks to those to that exact song, which I hear like from the couch and they're somewhere else. So I don't know the words, <laughs> but I know the tune very well. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, it's pretty interesting, 13 and 10. But either way, with Durant, I don't think teams are going to – and I'm a 90s guy, so I don't think teams are going to give the world from right now. Based on what's been going on, I think except for the Lakers' bubble championship, the, the teams with the entitled players, they're not winning the championships. Look at the Bucks. I mean, the most selfless team a couple years back. Even Golden State arguably – Listen, great players, you know, uh, sensational scoring, but team basketball. So I think teams are maybe coming around that they're saying Durant's amazing, maybe the best player in, in the world, but we could build a team of people who want to be here. You're going to have the outliers, but that's my thought there. I'm a Knicks fan. I don't even want Durant. I just think, and KD, and I'm sorry, Kyrie, you know, even that video game kind of uh, – Kind of like a narration he was doing. I mean, this is who you're. This is who you're. This is who you're putting on your team. He's otherworldly with his basketball. But I mean, me as a fan of the NBA and just thinking about it, I don't know. Unless it's like an OKC and they want him back, that's my thoughts there. But uh, either way, keep, keep playing the TikTok music. It's all good. So, so wait, Chris, don't go anywhere. I'm just curious. You said no, you're a anywhere. '90s guy. Does that no, mean? I'm not does that mean years that you old. Were... I'm 45. I'm a 90s band. I'm a no, 90s NBA. No, I know, NBA but you said. You... <laughs> okay, so so okay, so so like I loved Allen Iverson. Oh, tremendous! Right, like tremendous. like Allen Iverson has to be one of my favorite NBA players ever. Um, I don't hurt, by the way. So who was your who was who was yours who was yours in the nineties outside of Michael so Jordan, Nick, of course? Who was yours? So, so I'm a Knicks I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a nineties Knicks fan. Mm -hmm. I took Heat in high school. Everybody were Bulls fans, and I respect Jordan so much. But for me, it's Patrick. Patrick's my heart and soul. My boss asked me once, "You could spend one hour with somebody. Who would it be? Patrick Ewing, just because 
I love so, the guy. He's a warrior. I love John Starks. I saw him outside the Roosevelt Hotel once in New York. I was 30 years old, and I was like a little kid again, and he was such a class act. And that's the other thing, right? Even in hockey, you see these guys at the end of the game. They're, they're pounding each other in a game, and they're giving each other these like nice you know, encouragement. They're shaking hands. The NBA and getting to a bigger subject, I'm going off on a tangent here, it's just a little lost right now, and I feel like you got to kind of bring it back in a way, and they should be paid whatever they want. They're amazing. That's the market is. But with KD, I'm soured on him. I mean, I really am. And I feel like when he left OKC, he was like a gentleman. And then all of a sudden he gave like villainous for almost no reason whatsoever. Maybe Steph Curry stole his thunder a little bit. But uh, other than that, you know, I, I wouldn't give him much of what the Timberwolves did. To be honest, I think it's too much what they did too. So, uh, so side note, Chris, um, I'm not sure yeah. if you know this about me, but I'm from Miami. Do you know I'm from Miami? I know. I listened to you for like the last 10 years, Anita. Oh, that's nice. So, um, so I, I was quite friendly with Alonzo Mourning. too early, right? Too early for fantasy. No, no, it's no talk. <laughs> no, no talking football right now. Although, uh, we are going to talk a little Baker Mayfield a little bit later on the show, but Chris, interesting story, not interesting, fun. So, uh, from Miami uh, was good friends good at that point in time good friends with Alonzo Mourning and his wife Tracy so whenever um so uh, so whenever Patrick would come into town we would all hang out and um one of the nicest one of the nicest men one of the nicest nicest he's he's such a nice but I have a photo of him with the arms up on the scores table after they beat the Pacers right. with the arms up. And, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. And my buddy and I work, we go back and forth about, like you mentioned Iverson, and he's comparing, like, Chris Paul to Allen Iverson. I said, come on, man. No. There's no way. Stop. Iverson. No way. All day long. No disrespect to Chris Paul, but give me Iverson no practice any day of the week. So, um, so re- really, really good guy to uh, to be a huge fan of, um, Patrick oh, Ewing. Him. That's for love sure. Him. Thank you, thank you, Chris. Thanks yep. for the call. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. True story. No matter where we went, uh, all all Patrick wanted to eat was sh- waffles with strawberries. <laughs> no matter where we went, <laughs> we'd be at like you know five star hotels uh, or, or restaurants. Uh, down on South Beach, and a whole group of us, and uh, all he wanted to eat was waffles with strawberries. Um, uh, let's take a quick break. We come back. We'll continue with your calls. Uh, Jerry and Danny, hang tight. Uh, we'll get your calls next. I know you guys want to chime in. Read an, a, a very good article earlier today in regard to the super teams. I'll share that with you as well. Um, also coming up in the show, Nathan Segura is going to join us. Nathan Segura is. Uh, and has been a big part of the Cleveland Browns broadcast team for quite a while. Um, and so I've got him joining us on the show to talk about the Maker, Baker Mayfield trade uh, and as well as uh, what, what's the realistic expectation uh, for Deshaun Watson right now because there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of folks out there wondering that you know, the timing of this Baker Mayfield trade happening right now um, you know, do do the Cleveland Browns feel confident that Deshaun Watson will not be suspended for the year? Jacoby Brissett is their backup. Do you want to go into the season with Jacoby Brissett as your starting quarterback for the season? One would say no. So we'll hear from Nathan Zagura and, and get the latest with the trade with Baker Mayfield, of course, going to Carolina exchange for either a fourth or fifth pick, uh, depending on uh 
Baker's playing time. Baker's going to have to compete. Don't laugh. Compete with Sam Darnold for the starting uh, quarterback spot uh, in Carolina. And also we'll find out the latest with Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Oh, please. Please, Jake. Amuse us. Go ahead. What are the lyrics here, dude? (laughs) I don't know. So, all these songs have get it, it seems like. I need a Marcus with you on this Thursday night here at 98.70 ESPN. Uh, Yankees still up, but 5 2. Devers, uh, two shot home run. And so he just, right guys, he just came off the shelf. Wasn't he, uh, wasn't he out for a few games, like two or three games or something like that? Yeah, if I would have yeah. known, if I would have known he was playing, I would have put some money down on a home run. You probably could have gotten it like plus 320, plus 280. He's missed a few games, but he still leads the entire league in hits. So he's a beast. A Yan- I'm a Yankee fan, but you got to admit, Devers is one of the best young players in all of baseball. And, and this is becoming a thing, me... <laughs> Jake owing me wine um, each and every night uh, that we work together. And so our over-under was Garrett Cole. I still have under six and a half strikeouts for Garrett Cole. So he needs seven strikeouts tonight. Seven strikeouts in order for Jake to win back his bottle of wine. And right now, top of the fourth, and he has three strikeouts. But there is a dude who is dealing in Atlanta. Uh, You want to feed the people? Tell them about this uh, rookie who's uh, could potentially could break a Major League Baseball sure. record tonight? so he did not break the record, but there is a rookie pitcher in Atlanta named Spencer Strider. And if you haven't heard of him yet, you might, because he is a, a strikeout machine. He had 11 strikeouts last game. Tonight, he did something that we haven't really seen much ever. So the Major League Baseball record for the most strikeouts to start a game is nine. Tonight... He started the game with eight straight strikeouts before letting up a single and then striking out the next guy, who is Paul Goldschmidt, who ties Devers for the most hits in the league. So he's faced tonight 10 batters, and he has struck out nine of the 10 to start the game. So Spencer Strider having himself quite the start uh, to tonight's ballgame. Unbelievable. Really, really great stuff there. Um, Again, Yankees up 5-2. Uh, against the Red Sox. And, hey, the Mets are on the board. Uh, Nimmo with an RBI, and um, they're 2-0, but I don't see where the other – where did the other run come from? Do you guys know? I don't see it. No? Is it a walk? I don't know. Do you guys see? Anyway, um, the Mets are up 2-0 against the Marlins, middle of the fourth. Uh, let's continue with our conversation, and we're talking about the Nets and, of course, KD, Brian Winhurst. Uh, was on uh, Get Up earlier today, and he's saying that teams are not bending over backwards. The Nets should not expect uh, anything in the realm of what the Timber, t- the Minnesota Timberwolves received in in exchange for Rudy Gobert with the Utah Jazz. Um, and one would say, "What? What are you talking about? Katie is ten times the player that Gobert is." Uh, but there's just a lot of baggage there. There's a lot of baggage there. The, the, the Nets don't have a lot of leverage because everybody knows KD wants out. I would imagine that has something to do with it. There's a, there's a bad track record in regard to KD hopping from team to team to team. What say you? Let's go to Jerry in Brooklyn. Jerry, you're up. Hey, hi, good evening. Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I, I 
Well, first thing first, I, I'm enjoying the music, um, but if your boy could drop a little bit of late 80s, early 90s hip-hop, that would be cool. <laughs> um, but moving on, I, I thought you, you hit the nail on the head when you said, what is it we don't know? And I said to, mm-hmm. uh, to myself, what, what happened with these guys? Because um, they decided to come together. Um, for me, I would just, I mean, if I could, I would just tell them, yo, you got, we got to figure this out, man. Because they, were, they came so close. Um, you know, give it at least another year or two. I mean, they, they're right there. And to answer your question, I would not. I mean, if I'm if I'm another team, I'm not I'm not bending over backwards for uh, for KD. I'm not going to do it. I don't I don't find he has. I mean, he's the fans of that particular team may not be happy, but I'm not going to mortgage everything out for these guys. No, I can't. <laughs> I just, won't. And, and, and Jerry. Jerry, I, I appreciate the phone call, and, and I hear you. And, and again, I agree with you. You have seen no sense of commitment with KD, especially, especially. and again, if you have an opportunity, go on ESPN.com. There's a great article uh, on ESPN.com about super teams, um, and, and it really gets into detail in, in regard to what the Nets did in, in the course of, of, you know, Katie's tenure here, as well as Kyrie and bending over backwards to make sure these guys got everything they wanted. And, you know, for Katie not to get that long-term deal after you didn't get vaxxed after you didn't get vaxxed. And, and, and again, I always preface whenever we have this conversation, you know, I might disagree with folks who don't want to get vaxxed. I respect your opinion. If you're an anti-vaxxer, I respect you. I don't agree with you. I might not break bread with you. Um, I might not be in an enclosed facility with you, but like, I'm not going to sit here and judge you. This wasn't what that was about. Ky- Kyrie came out and said, he'd said, I am, it's not about anti, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. He was making a stand for the government workers who were forced to take the vaccine or they would have lost their jobs. So he put them above team okay that's your choice as noble as it sounds if i'm the nets i'm not gonna give you a long-term deal you put government workers before us i am not gonna give you a long-term deal there's nothing wrong with that i totally get it (laughs) let's go to danny and yonkers danny you're up hey anita I just want to say, man, I'm a huge basketball fan. Love the Knicks. Uh, like, my whole wardrobe is Knicks gear. I'm, like, the biggest basketball guy, but these guys have ruined the NBA for me. I find myself liking college basketball more and more because it's so much less drama. It's high level. You don't have any of this stuff that you're going through. Like, KD and Kyrie and even, like, guys like, like um, LeBron and AD, they've ruined basketball for me. They've ruined the NBA. I, I can't watch it anymore because of these guys. Wait, wait, wait. Danny, time out. Time out, dude. Oh, okay, so so you're a big Knicks fan, but, wh- yeah, so, are. but why, are you, why are you letting – why are you letting them who don't play for the Knicks, oh, why no, are I you letting them – don't get me wrong. I used to watch every okay. basketball game in general. I used to have the NBA league pass. Oh, I okay, I understand. So now, everything. so now it's it's just it's solely it's solely it's just it's Knicks about the Knicks. It's, yeah. 
Okay, I hear you. So, by the way, while I have you on, what are your thoughts with the Jalen Brunson deal? I like it. Uh, I feel like we might have a, a point guard for the first time since Charlie Ward. You know, that's my guy. And uh, I really, I think he can make everybody a little better. I'm, I'd like to see RJ and, and uh, Randolph. I mean, not Randolph. Um, RJ and uh, and what's the guy's name? Uh, RJ Randall, Julius yeah. Randall. Yeah, yeah, Randall, and uh, quickly become more. You know, quickly become more of a shooter, and Randall not have to bring the ball up as much. You know, that'd be nice. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, Danny, I appreciate the phone call. You don't you don't seem like uber excited about the Brunson signing. Um Jeff Van Gundy, by the way, I shared this yesterday. Jeff Van Gundy wrote an excellent article in regard to all that uh that Brunson is going to bring to this team. Oh, here we go. All right. I've got <laughs> um I've got a slew of notes here. I I really I need a filing cabinet. Um <laughs> But nonetheless, it's a really great article. If you have an opportunity, Google it, look for it, Jeff Ben Gundy slash whatever, uh, Jalen Brunson, and, and just the Cliff Notes version of it in, in regard to what he's communicated in this article. A few things in regard to what Brunson is going to bring to uh, the Knicks. Apparently, he's known Brunson since Brunson was three years old, by the way. So he knows Brunson. He knows the family. As we know, Papa Brunson is part of the, co- the, the coaching staff here with the Knicks. Number one, improved team culture. Number two, more scoring, playmaking. He's mentioned defending, but a number of people that I've spoken to in regard to the Brunson signing said that, you know, he's kind of like middle of the road when it comes to defending. So not sure what that's about. Raise the level of play for everyone around him. And that's, let's, let's, let's be honest. That's really, that's, that's one of the most important things when you talk about a point guard, competitive spirit, work ethic. So, you know, a, a lot, it's a very, very positive article uh, in regard to the Brunson signing. And, and, you know, he's right. A lot of times, like, we could sit here and we could look at stats, okay? We could look at stats in regard to, uh, to Brunson. And, and I'm, I'm looking, <laughs> so funny. I have so much, I have so many. Can you hear my, my shuffling of my paper? Um, uh, you know, we could sit and we could look at, look at the statistics for Brunson, Right. Especially we could sit and say, well, you know, all right, well, these statistics look good, but he was playing alongside, you know, uh, Luca. Oh, yeah. okay, Uh, You know, that's a fair argument to make. I've made it. I'm wondering. I'm curious. You know, will he have as much success? The spacing. Here's what's going to be the problem. Knicks fans. The spacing is not going to be what it was in Dallas. It's just not. Okay, Um, You know, so the open looks, the open lanes. Uh, the, the, the ability to play um, a more free flow basketball game uh, for Brunson is going to be more limited because the spacing is not going to be as great. And also, this is interesting. Brunson, Julius Randle, and R.J. Barrett, all lefties. So if you, if you play basketball, you go out there and you play basketball, um, you know, whatever, pick a basketball on the playground, you know... You know, if you're a righty, you, t- you you tend to, you like to drive to the right. You like to shoot on the right. Predominantly, you're shooting on the right side of the court. If you are left-handed, vice versa. So Brunson is going to have to get used to shooting more so 
on the right side of the court, especially with the amount of pick and roll that I'm anticipating to see, and we all should be anticipating to see with Tibbs as, uh, as of course, um, the way that he likes to play his, his point guards. So that's going to be interesting. Two, two things of concern for me. Spacing and the fact that you've got a lot of southpaws uh, on this roster that are going to be starting. Two concerns. Let's go to Hammer in New Jersey. Hammer, welcome in. Good evening. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. I, I didn't get a chance. I kind of got cut off the other night when we were talking about this whole situation with KD uh, potentially rejoining the Warriors. And I'm, I'm a Warriors fan, which kind of is weird to say, considering I grew up on Long Island. But there is also a report out there right now that I know ESPN really hasn't brought to light, whether it being through ESPN radio or even uh, on television. But there are reports out there that there were some coaches that were fired. Uh, one assistant coach that was fired as a result of the vaccine, but not getting it. And apparently they said that they were going to bring him back whenever the mandate in New York City was lifted. And that didn't happen. And then apparently also KD shooting coach was fired for a similar reason. And I think that has had uh, something to do with these guys wanting out. You have guys that you have built these relationships with guys that were a part of this organization, all of a sudden they're gone. And then, like, they're looking at it like they're blaming the front office for this. I don't know if you've heard about this report or not, but it was something I wanted to bring to light for everybody to hear tonight. No, I, first of all, I have not heard about this report. And can you just, can you repeat? What, so you're, what you're saying that there are Nets coaches that were fired and Katie's shooting coach was fired because he didn't get the vaccine. Is that what you're saying? Correct. And the assistant coach that was fired, they had promised that he could return when the New York City mandate was lifted. And that did not happen. They did not bring him back after the mandate was lifted. So are you are you insinuating that you feel that this is an issue for KD and why he wants out? I feel for KD, it's kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. Most definitely. And how they were going uh, with Kyrie with this opt-in, opt-out thing. I, I think that's playing a role in it as well. Do we know what team he's going to end up going to at this point? You, you just said, Ryan Wisenhorst said, no team is going to bend over backwards to sell the whole house to bring KD in. I could only imagine how this is going to play out going into uh, the preseason for the Nets. It, it, it is going to be interesting. Hammer, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. Um, again, I, I, I have not heard of that. I have not heard of that report. Um, I ha- have not heard of that happening. I'm happy to 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 make some uh, reach out to a few folks during this break and 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 send some texts out to see if anybody um, who I believe has their finger or the pulse of this organization may have heard that. I'm happy to do that, but I have not heard of those reports. Just FYI. Um, we get back. Uh, we've got a special guest who's going to be joining us, Nathan Zagura. Uh, from the Cleveland Browns broadcast team. He actually, this season, is going to be the voice of the Cleveland Browns uh, on their radio network, which I'm really excited for Nathan to do. Um, we'll talk about, of course, we'll dive into some NFL with you. you got Baker Mayfield, of course, now uh, is going to be competing, wink, wink, smile, smile, uh, with Sam, Sam Darnold. How about that? Can we just marinate in this for a minute? that the Carolina Panthers now have the number one and number two draft picks in the 2018 draft. The number one and the number two top draft picks in the 2018 draft. 
They're paying Sam Darnold a little over $18 million, and they are paying Baker Mayfield $5 million. Cleveland is uh, is having to pay the remainder of the the, the 15s, which, which they are now paying 10. Uh, Carolina only has to pay five. But they have the number one and number two, and they're going to be battling it out to see who's going to be their starting quarterback this season. Uh, and Nathan Zagura joins us next to uh, to dive into all of that and to give us an update in regard to where where is the Cleveland Browns mindset right now pertaining to Deshaun Watson and waiting for Sue Robinson and uh, the NFL to uh, to make a decision uh, on how many games he will or will not play this season. All that next here on ninety eight point seven ESPN. <laughs> Welcome back to 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you this evening. We've got a very special guest who's joining us, and that's Nathan Zagura. Him and I go way back to our fantasy football years. And now, um, you know, he's part of the Cleveland Browns organization, um, the big star in their broadcast department. So first things first, Nathan, welcome in. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. It's always great to talk with you and, uh, you know, getting excited for this upcoming season and at least for the Browns in one thing, one area, as we talk right now, there's been some closure. And I think that's a, that's a good thing for the Browns and a good thing for Baker Mayfield as well. Yeah. So of course we're talking about Baker Mayfield traded to the Carolina Panthers in exchange for either a fourth or fifth round pick. It's uh, it's going to be contingent on a number of things, playing time, uh, what have you. Um, but you know, it, 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 so so first things first. Uh, let's let's start right there, right? Because and, and there's some talk and speculation that that Baker is going to have to compete with Sam Darnold for the starting quarterback spot. Pretty amazing that Carolina now has the number one and number two picks of the 2018 <laughs> draft, and they're going to be competing with one another to be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. How do you think Baker Mayfield's going to fare in Carolina with the Panthers? You know, I think that he's uh, – look, I think Baker Mayfield is without question one of the, the 32 best quarterbacks on the planet. So I think he will be a starting quarterback in this league. Uh, I think, you know, he's coming in at a little bit of a disadvantage, right, because Darnold has been there. He's had the whole offseason with Ben McAdoo. Baker's got to come in now without having the benefit of the OTAs or the mini camp to kind of get into that playbook and develop a rapport with his receivers and guys like Robbie Anderson and D.J. Moore who have played with Darnold already, and in Anderson's case in, with the Jets and in Carolina – so I think from that standpoint, he's coming in at a little bit of a disadvantage. But I think from a talent standpoint, from a performance standpoint, all of that, I think Baker ultimately will prove to be the better quarterback there in Carolina. Does that happen by week one? Look, I'm sure he wants it to. I'm sure the TV executives want it to. And I would expect that it would, quite frankly, and that you know Baker will start week one against the Cleveland Browns, which is an unbelievable kind of addition, I guess, to the story of this trade for Baker going there. But I'll tell you, you know, Baker Mayfield in his four years with the Browns, there were high highs, there were some low lows, but, you know, you can never forget what he did on Thursday night, beating the Jets and Sam Darnold, opening the victory fridges, ending that drought that the Browns had had uh, of without winning a game and, you know, going to the playoffs, winning that playoff game in Pittsburgh. And I was privileged to be one of the, you know, a couple hundred people that were there for that game during COVID when the Browns went into Pittsburgh and smoked the Steelers and got that wild card win. So Baker's, uh, I think, you know, he meant a lot to this team. I think he was the right guy to kind of help turn things around. And, you know, obviously kind of just like with the Rams when they said, Jared Goff, you know, you were very, very good for us. You took us to the Super Bowl, but we need a little bit more at that position. Not to say you can't start in this league if he's gone to Detroit and started, but, you know, we want to try to find that elite guy. And then the Browns obviously made that decision to go after Deshaun Watson. 
try to get that elite quarterback. And so that left Baker Mayfield in needing a new home. And I'm glad for him that he found one with Carolina and that he's going to have a chance to compete. And I think he will be successful. Look, I think, like I said, Baker is a very good quarterback. And I think that he's got an opportunity here to go ahead and kind of revive things, you know, played with the injury last year. And now he's got a chance being healthy to go there. And I think he's got some good skill talent around him to, to, you know, put some good tape out there because over the second half of 2020, when the Browns were on that playoff run, he was, you know, one of the better quarterbacks in the league and he's just got to be consistent. And this is an opportunity to try to get back there. You know, again, um, you know, we talk about Baker's success, Uh, you know, just, I'd I'd like to kind of take a peek uh, behind uh, the curtain. If, you know, if, if we can, in regard to all that went wrong with Baker Mayfield, you know, like, like I I know that there were some issues there in, in regard to him and Odell Beckham Jr. But, you know, one thing that, that stood out to me is that there weren't a lot of players that stood up for Baker, right? Like that came out and said, well, no, this is a good quarterback and he's a, he's, he's, he's a great guy and he's a great teammate. And, you know, did, 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 did Baker's um, personality as edgy as it is? Uh, and, 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 and again, I don't know what the relationship was with him and, and, and his teammates. Did any of that play a role? Sure in why the Cleveland Browns went in a different direction, Nathan? You know, I think that, you know, the Browns just wanted somebody that they thought was better in, I think, the big moments. And unfortunately, if there is one thing that has been fairly consistent about Baker, who, as I said, has been, you know, he's shown some really good things at times in 2018, 2020, and then 19 and 21 were down years, 21 with the injury. I think it's, it wasn't about that as much as it was about they wanted somebody that, who would come through. You know, Baker's quarterback rating is what it is, you know, in the fourth quarter in one possession games, in the last five minutes in one possession game, on third down. So, I think they just wanted to find somebody that they thought in those situations could elevate this football team much the way that Matt Stafford did for the L.A. Rams, where everything doesn't have to be perfect. The environment doesn't have to be perfect. You can throw the football when other teams know you're going to throw the football. And I think that really is, in a nutshell, the reason that the Browns made the move that they did. I think, look. There's something going on bigger than I know about, than you know about, because Baker Mayfield is much more talented than a conditional fifth-round pick, right? I mean, I think we can all agree on that. So there could, there must be on some level something more to the story. I'm just not privy to it. I know what I saw in terms of, and listen, in the good times, and I think this is true of every single locker room in the NFL. In the good times, everything's good. Everybody's getting along. They're having a blast. When it's tough, People are going to – it divides the locker room. There can be finger-pointing. And when you're the quarterback, I think ultimately it starts and stops with you. And I think you mentioned Odell and that situation. You know, Odell was open a lot. And for whatever reason, they couldn't connect. And I think a lot of guys look up to Odell. He was a great teammate. And so I think that that situation and the way that it went down, I don't think it was a great thing, obviously. But, again, I'm not in the locker room. I think that if the Browns were coming through in clutch moments, if the Browns were winning, if Baker was doing that, I think that – fixes everything and unfortunately that wasn't the case and so the Browns tried to upgrade a quarterback and Baker look he's been the best quarterback the Browns have had since Bernie Cosa there's no question about it it's just that wasn't good enough in their minds to compete with in their division you know a reigning MVP in or a guy who has been an MVP in Lamar Jackson you've got Joe Burrow who just took the Bengals to the Super Bowl in the second year not to mention Josh Allen is in the AFC Pat Mahomes is in the AFC uh, Russell Wilson's now in the AFC. Justin Herbert's in the AFC. Derek Carr's in the AFC. Uh, Matt Ryan is now in the AFC. And I'm probably leaving out somebody off the top of my head, but it is an absolutely loaded 
conference, and it's a loaded division in the AFC North, and I think, you know, you're going to have to be able to put points on the scoreboard. I mean, and looking at the Browns last year, there was a great stretch over the second half of the season that had the Browns just scored 20 points a game, just 20, 20 even, they would have ended up winning the division because that's how good well the defense played. And I think the defense was poised to be even better this year. And so I think they just wanted to get that offense and that passing game in particular that was able to complement what they're able to do defensively and hopefully take this team to a Super Bowl. Nathan Zagura joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, again, part of the Cleveland Browns broadcast team. So now let's turn our attention to the Cleveland Browns and who your starting quarterback may or may not be in week one. Of course, we know the story uh, and uh, everybody anxiously waiting for the disciplinary hearing ruling with Deshaun Watson. Is it going to be a year? Is it going to be nine games? Is it going to be six? Is it going to be four? Is it going to be nothing, Nathan? There's a number of people out there uh, that I have a lot of respect for in this industry that you and I both know that are reporting that there's a chance that Deshaun Watson will get no game suspension. Uh, so, so with that being said, now that Baker Mayfield is uh, is gone, uh, you know how confident is this organization with Jacoby Brissett? I think very confident. I think that they feel like Jacoby Brissett is a guy that can come in. He's already, I can tell you this, very well liked in the locker room. They actually went over to the Cavs facility uh, one of the days of mini camp and had a three-point contest, and Jacoby Brissett smoked everybody. So he's got a little cachet from that. But obviously, the guy who's been around you know, uh, multiple organizations, started his career with the Patriots, but he, he knows how to play the game. And I think the Browns feel very confident that, wow, He's not on the level, uh, clearly, that you would expect a Deshaun Watson to be, where he's a guy who single-handedly can win you games. One of the things they like about Jacoby Brissett is that he's able to extend some drives with his legs, and he takes care of the football. You know, when he was the starter in Indy, 31 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. And as you well know, the Browns, and with Baker Mayfield from 2018 to 2021, you know, were amongst the league leaders in interceptions thrown. And so when you've got a great defense, you've got a great running game, what I said earlier was, yes, they want to get that passing game to be elite. That's probably not what it's going to be with Jacoby Brissett, but they feel that Jacoby Brissett can come in and lead this team to wins on the strength of its run game and on the strength of the defense without having to worry that he's going to turn the football over and potentially lose games for them. So they are very comfortable with him. I can tell you he was the guy that they wanted once they got Watson. That's who they wanted to be their backup. Uh, they went out. They were able to get him. I can tell you Anthony Walker on our team who played with him in Indianapolis couldn't speak more highly of Jacoby Brissett. As I said, the guys already like him, and he had a very nice offseason. You could tell that this was a veteran who would come in and could run the offense very much the way Case Keenum did when he was here. Physically bigger, six foot four, uh, able to move a little bit better, and especially he's very good in, in sneak situations, third and one, things like that. So that's another weapon that the Browns have at their disposal that they really haven't had. That was something they were not effective at sneaking in those situations. So they like him. Obviously, the hope is, as you mentioned, some people were saying that you know there could be no suspension in play, that Deshaun Watson starts every game. But the Browns do feel comfortable that if they need Brissett for a period of time, that he will be able to handle the job. Just out of curiosity, um, you know what 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 are what are you expecting? I mean, do you guys, you know, what what are you hearing? Um, you know, is is there, you know, I mean, obviously, I'm I, I would imagine what you're hoping for, um, but you know, sure, what, what sure. is the expectation right now, Nathan? I think the expectation is, is anything, right, Anita? I mean, we don't know. It's up to Sue Robinson, a federal judge, who's going to reside, preside over this and make her decision. I know that, you know, the week of uh, July 11th, so next Monday, that's when they need to get their written decisions into her, both sides. 
Now, again, we had heard so much leading into it about the NFL wanting a year indefinite. And, and since the hearing, there have been leaks or at least reports, and maybe who knows, of what was presented in the hearing, what wasn't presented in the hearing, and that it feels like, and again, this is all based on nothing, but it feels like the momentum is that it is going to be either a short suspension or no suspension at all. It could end up being anything. She has the final say. So I don't know, unless there's an appeal, then, of course, we know how that appeal process will go. Um, but she has the final say as of now. Now, the only way that she has the true final say is if she rules that there was no violation, no suspension, then it's closed. If not, whatever, she issues some punishment, it can be appealed by the NFLPA or the NFL. And, you know, Dan Graziano at ESPN had reported that at one point they'd offered him a 12-game, which is obviously coming down significantly from the year or the indefinite, although he would have had to apply for reinstatement. Uh, and then Watson's team said absolutely not to that. And then Mike Florio uh, had a, in his Pro Football Talk article earlier today said that a source said based on what was presented the idea that he would accept the 12-game suspension was laughable. So, again, I don't know. What are you expecting? I, I, I don't want to expect anything. The fact is what it is is what it's going to be, and then the Browns will deal with that. I, I just hope to know as soon as possible so that the team and the organization, everybody can prepare for it and we can all kind of move forward knowing exactly what this season is going to look like because that is one of the tough things is that, you know, you go out there to mini camp and I was at every OTA, every mini camp practice, you see Deshaun Watson, you say this is clearly something we've never had in Cleveland before in terms of quarterback play, but you just don't know if he's going to be your quarterback or not. And so I think that, you know, getting a resolution, that's the most important thing. And then obviously from a Brown standpoint, you're hoping it is not a severe punishment. Last thing for you, week one, you guys are at Carolina. I know. <laughs> Baker, May Baker Mayfield wins that starting quarterback job, Nathan. Whoa. Uh, it, it, wait, Here, here's the thing. Um, you've got Seattle and Denver going at it in week one with Russell yeah. Wilson being the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos. You've got you guys, uh, the uh, the Cleveland Browns, going up against the Carolina Panthers. And, of course, I am expecting Baker Mayfield to win the starting job. Man, I, I don't. It's uh, it's 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 gonna be yeah. it's gonna be bananas, man. <laughs> it's gonna be wild, and you know, for me, that'll be my uh, the, my debut. Obviously, all the preseason, that'll be my debut in the booth alongside Jim Donovan. So, obviously, I can't wait for that one. But you know, it, it will obviously have a little extra juice if Baker is starting, and whether it's Watson or whether it's Brissett for the Browns, I think. That's one of those games the Browns are absolutely going to want to win. It's one of those games Baker Mayfield's absolutely going to want to win. And I think that that kind of drama adds to it. Now, the notion that, you know, revenge games, people play different or they're going to try different things, I mean, they're, they're professionals. Every game matters. Yes, maybe this one has a little one extra emotionally, uh, but I'll tell you what, it's going to be electric. If Baker's starting that game for the Carolina Panthers, it's just going to be an electric atmosphere. And that's what makes sports so great is that, you know, at some point, you get to go in there and for 60 minutes battle it out. And you, if you're Baker, you can try to make a statement to the Browns. If you're the Browns, you want to go and get a win and start this season off on a positive note. I think it's going to be great. That's why I love it. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for that game. I can't wait for the, the start of the season. And like I said, you know, in the inner interim, it's just finding out what will this season look like for the Browns in terms of who they're going to have to play quarterback when the season opens. Well, don't forget uh, the Jets um, are heading to uh, to to your town week two. Um, I, I would imagine that Jets fans are hoping that it's Jacoby Brissett and not Deshaun Watson week two, but only time will tell. Nathan, thank you so much. Always appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Anita. 
You got it. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.